If you weren't with us last night, uh, it would it would do good to hear that message because it'll it's leads up to this tonight. And uh, we didn't finish with some things. Anybody remember we talked about? Oh yeah, yeah yeah, two things. All right. Well, y'all as sharp as can be. Um, two things. And um, I'm confident that the Lord gave, gave me these two things for us on this week. And uh, let's read our text and then believe with me, please, for utterance like we have prayed and talked. In Romans, the 12th chapter and the third verse, Romans 12, 3, he said, I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The uh, Young's literal says, as to each, God did deal a measure of faith. God did deal a measure of faith. The Weiss translation says, uh, be thinking with a view to a sensible appraisal of himself. You know, pride is not believing good things about yourself. Pride is believing lies about yourself. Believing you're something you're not believing you did something you didn't do, taking credit for things that God did. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. The scripture says, what do you have that you didn't receive? (laughs) Well, James says, every good gift and every perfect, complete thing has come from him. Right? Uh, The Lord said to us some years ago, He said, I'm helping you much more than you know. (laughs) It's it's humorous, but it's true. Is it true? Uh, Functioning in His grace, day in, day out, especially those of us who pursue His will, and seek to do what, you know, find his plan and, and, and do it in our life. Day in, day out, year in, year out, you get used to the anointing. You get used to the grace. It's, it's always there. It's not manifested the same all the time, but he's always there. Um, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You can even leave the Lord as a believer and get into sin and mess up. The gifts are still there. The call is still there. Now, it may not be in manifestation at all. It may seem like it's not there, but it's there. You come back to God, get right with God, stir up the gift, it'll start flowing again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, that's connected with your faith. It's going to flow in proportion 
to our faith. And whatever affects our heart affects our faith. Because faith is of the heart. For with the heart man believes. And if your heart condemns you not, then have you have confidence toward God. First John says, well, what if your heart is condemning you because you know you're not doing what he told you to do or you know you're doing things he told you not to do? That's going to affect the anointing on your life. Not because he wants to take it away from you. It's just simply you're not exercising faith in it anymore. If it affects your faith, it's going to affect your anointing. Y'all with me, saints? Hallelujah. What were we talking about before we got on that? Oh, you're back to two things. No, we wasn't talking about two things yet. We hadn't got there yet. Uh, be thinking with a view to a sensible appraisal of himself. According as to each one God divided a measure of faith. Believe, pride is not believing good things about yourself. In fact, Philemon talks about we are to acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. You need to acknowledge your call. You need to acknowledge the anointing. You need to acknowledge the graces. Now, you don't need to go around trying to tell everybody else and convince them that you're something. I'm not talking about that. But uh, you need to confess that you're anointed. Amen. We have reason to believe that numerous places that Jesus preached and taught, uh, he, he read from the book of the prophet Isaiah... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. And then He would say, today, this verse is fulfilled in your ears. Right here, right now, what's He saying? I'm anointed. I'm, I'm anointed right now for these things to happen. And faith came by them hearing this, faith in the anointing. It begins with you believing in the anointing on your life. I know when I first had the privilege of working with, in Brother Hagin's ministry in the healing school, their healing school, I was as green as green could be. I was, what, a year in the ministry, year and a half or two. I'm thinking about two or three different things that happened. And, and Brother Hagin was there ministering all the time. And, and he, he allowed me to be one of the ones to begin to minister when he wasn't there. It seemed overwhelming because, I mean, he's seen the head of the church. I mean, he laid his finger in the palm of each one of his hands. He had a tangible anointing that he ministered with. And, and who's going to be there tomorrow? <laughs> Keith who? <laughs> Hadn't been to heaven. Didn't feel the power in my hands. Still trying to find where Romans was. And <laughs> you might know what I'm talking about. I, uh, I really felt inadequate to be doing the job. I even said to the Lord, I said, Lord, these, these folks don't need me practicing on them. I mean, they, they got, uh, they, many of them have been told they're terminal. They, they, they need somebody who knows what they're doing here. And, and, 
and I, I wrestled a little bit in prayer, and he's merciful when babies talk like that. He just kind of nods his head <laughs> and waits till you run out of gas, and then he'll tell you something that you need to hear. And, and uh, so for months, I, it was longer than that. Of course, years are made of months. I, I prayed earnestly for more anointing. I said, Lord, what I need, I, I, I know this much, it's the anointing. It's not, not by might, not by strength, it's the anointing that heals. It's the anointing that delivers, and what I need is more anointing. Brother Hagin's got this strong anointing on him, and that's what I need, is some more anointing. Lord, I, and so I'd pray, Lord, give me, give me more anointing. I, uh, please, I'm seeking you for more anointing, a greater anointing. A gra- I tried to make it sound, you know... <laughs> King James-ish and, and <laughs> greater anointing, a greater anointing. And, and this went on for months, and I'm getting nowhere. And uh, finally one day I was laying in the floor in the speaker's room asking for the nth time for more anointing. Well, what, what we need here, Lord, is more anointing. <laughs> if I could just have some, if you could just put some more anointing on me, then we could, then we could do this thing. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> And uh, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me very distinctly, laying in the floor. He said, faithfulness. Faithfulness. I didn't get it at all. I thought, yeah, faithfulness is good. I, I know it is. Yeah. But what we could use right now... <laughs> Because I'm about to go in there and pray for people. <laughs> it's some, some more anointing. <laughs> if you could just help me with that. <laughs> and uh, so a little bit later, he said it again. He said, faithfulness, Keith. Faithfulness. I thought, yeah. I, you, I know you're saying something to me here, Lord. Uh, and I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do a study on this. I'm, I'm, I'm as quick as you know this service is over I'm going I'm to get into study about faithfulness because you talk, you're talking to me here <laughs> but what we could use right now <laughs> and just like that I just you know sometimes he, he, you can see more in a moment than you can try to explain I saw Brother Hagin didn't start off with the anointing he's ministering in now after 50 years at that time he started off by faith, anointing people with oil, sensing no anointing. And over this period of time, the Lord had added to him and increased and increased and increased. And the Lord, um, the Lord dealt with it. I just knew it in a moment. He said, don't compare yourself to him. He has what I've given him. You have what I've given you. You need to emphasize what you have. How do you get more? I'm telling you now. This is not what he said to me at that time. But how do you get more? What did he say to me? Faithfulness. Be faithful. That's what he said to me. Be faithful with what you have and I'll increase it. I'll increase it. I sat up in the floor. I got it. I saw it. I turned to Matthew and Mark where he told the scriptures, um, you know, that he'd given them authority and power over uh, the evil spirits to cast them out and to heal all diseases, and I started confessing it. 
I am anointed. This is where a breakthrough came for me. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am authorized. I have authority over every evil spirit. I have authority over every disease. I am anointed. I'd sit there sometimes for 30 minutes just saying, I'm anointed in Jesus' name. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Oh, somebody, somebody needs to help me out here. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. See, not, not on Brother Hagin. I need to quit thinking about that. He's on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me. We're anointed for different things and different calls and graces and purposes, but we are anointed. Amen. And He said to me, Laying in the floor before I got up and started reading that, he said to me, he said, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. Is that true or not? You shall receive power after that the Holy... He said, all of my children receive anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. He said, many of them have done nothing with that. Why would they need more? You, you don't get more by asking for more or pleading for more or trying to get somebody that you respect, that you know is anointed, to lay hands on you and give you some. They didn't give it to themselves. And they can't just give it to you because they choose to. Now, if the Lord directs you to lay hands on people, He can do something that's different. But it doesn't come that way. The reason he would do that is because you've been faithful with what he gave you, Amen. and now he's increasing you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, be faithful, Keith, with what you have, and I'll add to you. I'll increase you. So I had to begin to acknowledge and confess, Spirit of the Lord's on me, because he's anointed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm anointed. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. You need to say it out loud right now. Say it out loud. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Now, now there's difference between the Spirit being in you and the same Spirit being on you. This in you, He's in us, never leaves us nor forsakes us, but He comes on us in varying degrees with enablement. For service. And it's glorious. I said it's glorious. The anointing can come on you so real like somebody threw a cloak around you. Hallelujah. It just, and you'll laugh and cry and don't know what to do with yourself. But the stronger anointings don't just fall on people indiscriminately. What happens is God will give you some. And he'll see what you do with it. Same thing with your revelation of the word. With your revelation. If you'll take what you got and do everything you know to minister with it. He is faithful. He that is faithful in that which is least would be faithful with more with much. Hallelujah. So I begin to do that. And I began to lay hands on people in faith. And I didn't feel much, but I'm doing it in faith. 
And, and months went by. And years went by. And healings happened. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, not long after that, the Lord dealt with Brother Hagin to lay hands on some of us. And after that, I noticed an increase. And then a year or two after that, it got stronger yet. And it got stronger yet. Hallelujah. And within 10 to 15 years, there are times the anointing's are strong. I'm, I, I can hardly see. And, and, and I have to hold on to the pulpit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What what, what would happen? It didn't happen overnight. It happened as we were doing the best we knew with what we had. The Lord said, okay, he's using it. I'll give him some more. Okay, he's using it. I'll give him some more. Okay. Here's some more. Here's some more. Oh, glory to God. Would you like to find out just how much anointing this frame can take? Would you like to find out? God can pour it on to you. You don't know if you can take anymore. I'm telling you. He can pour the anointing on you, the power of God, until you you think, if it gets any stronger, I don't know if I'll still be alive. (laughs) And not care. (laughs) If you're not, it just means you're with Him. But those that don't believe in these things, And those that belittle them. And those that always impressed with somebody else. But don't appreciate what God gave you. Big mistake. The devil always, you know, some people think humility is demeaning yourself. Oh, I'm nothing. I don't have anything. Well, you're talking about what God did. If God gave you something. It's in you, it's in you, but you didn't give it to yourself. Making much of it is not making much of you. It's making much of the one who gave it to you. And what he gave you, Paul said, I magnify my office. Hallelujah. He's not magnifying himself. He's not thinking more highly of himself than he ought. He's magnifying what God has done. What God has done. Oh, somebody say what God has done. My brother, my sister, you are called of God. You are anointed to do what he, the task He's given you to do. I know I've been there myself. Yeah, there are times you feel inadequate. You wonder. You feel inexperienced. You feel this and that. Forget about that. You walk by faith. How am I going to increase? Don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus on what somebody else has. Don't focus on what you don't know. Focus on what you know. And talk about it. Preach it and teach it with everything you got. Stay on what you know. Right? Talk about what you have. And emphasize it. And confess it in your private time. It'll grow. It'll increase. It'll get stronger. Next thing you know, God will supernaturally add another measure to you. Hallelujah. And instead of just a, a, a smaller increments, there'll be a jump. There'll be a jump. Hallelujah. And another level and another level. Glory be to God. Do you believe it? Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Don't, he said, think with a view to a sensible appraisal of himself, according as God has divided a measure of faith. Keep reading there in verse 4. Romans 12, 4. For as we have many members 
in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being members are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy how? According to the proportion or measure of faith. Can you see he's still talking about measure of faith? He hasn't changed subjects. Keep reading verse uh, 7. Or ministry, let us wait, added, ministry on ministering, teaching on teaching. What's he saying? Same thing he said about prophesying. That he, uh, you do it how? According to your measure of faith. Hallelujah. We had mentioned last night that faith is not just this mystical thing, magical thing that nobody can really know. Uh, people say, well, I, I have my, my faith between me and God and, and nobody really knows. And they imagine that they're giants in faith, but there's never any evidence of it on the outside. <laughs> That's just imagination. Faith is definitely discernible in yourself and in other people. In fact, it is uh, specifically measurable from individual to individual. That's what he's talking about. A measure. A measure is something that can be measured. And Jesus talked about those that had little faith, those that had great faith, those that had no faith. And our faith, our proportion, our measure of faith, determines the limits of our ministering, including our prophesying, including our teaching, our preaching, giving is included in these ministries, helping people, ministering to those in need. It's all going to be by His grace, but in proportion to our faith. My measure of faith is how far I will be able to, uh, to minister in it. Go with me, please, to, uh, <clears throat> to the Gospels. And look at an account that you're... Uh, you're very familiar with. You're, you're believing God with me for utterance, right? I, I know that you are. Man, the Lord's helping us. I think things are flowing. Uh, lost my place. Please stand by. Hallelujah. Well, help me, Scriptorians, over in Matthew where uh, Peter walked on the water. Where is that, Ed? Help me out. We'll go there right now, and then the Lord will show me the rest of it. Hmm? Fourteen? Thank you, man. Fourteen, 
22. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, in verse 22, told the disciples to get in the ship. He went to pray. Verse 24, the ship was tossed with the waves. The wind was contrary. It's in a storm. Fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, we know from other things Jesus said what happened. He's in prayer. And while he's praying, he saw the Father do something. And how he saw it was he saw himself walking on the water to go to them. Why would you say it was the Father who did it? Because he said, it's the Father in me. He does the works. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. Isn't that what he said? And again and again, when, you, when, when you're saying, I saw the Father do it, He did it through you or through somebody else. And you saw you do it, you saw them do it, but really, the, the correct way to say it, you saw the Father do it. So here He comes walking on the water. And uh, the disciples saw Him and, and they were troubled and they said, it's a spirit. And they, they cried out for fear. Everybody say fear, fear, fear. They cried out for fear. And uh, Jesus spoke to them. And what's the first thing he said? Be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Now let's just stop. Why would he tell them not to be afraid? Hmm? Because they are afraid. And he wants them to stop it. Right now. I think we've read these things through religious glasses. Like it was just kind of a a pep speech phrase that he didn't really expect them to do it. But it's the standard thing he says when he shows up. Be not afraid. Nobody ever pays attention, but he always says it. We don't know what. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. When the Lord tells you something and gives you an instruction or a command, He expects us to respond and do it immediately. The enemy has convinced people all over the planet that they are helpless to resist fear. They think if you feel fear and you are experiencing terror... There's nothing anybody could do about that. It's just something that happens to you. And you can just hope that you can hold on until it goes away. And until you get better, lies, lies, lies. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. What does that mean? If your heart's afraid, it's because you let it Get afraid. You yielded to the fear. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. You you can have goosebumps all over you. Your hair standing straight out on the back of your neck. Your knees knocking together. That doesn't mean you have to yield to fear. These are feelings. These are symptoms. In the middle of this, all you got to do is say... I refuse to fear. 
Fear, I resist you. Leave me in Jesus' name. But many don't understand. They think if I feel it, it's too late. I'm already afraid. It's like I feel sick. It's too late. I can't be healed. I'm sick. I feel sick. I'm sick. I'm just sick. If I'm broke, I'm broke. If I'm scared, I'm scared. That's walking beside. That's defeated and you'll be in bondage. And anytime the enemy wants to bring thoughts and feelings of fear, you'll be his puppet. Run your life and ruin it. Friend, you can feel terrified. You can feel paralyzed with fear. The Lord let me experience this in a dream one night. Uh, Did you know some dreams are actually real? They happened? This is, huh? I said some. Read the scriptures. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him what to do. Are you going to say that was because he had too much pizza? It didn't really happen. It happened. And yet the Bible said it was a dream. We have a lot to learn about these things. And uh, uh, I was, have you ever, I know you have, had a dream where fear gripped you? And you felt paralyzed? You know why it's so common to humankind? Because the enemy looks for for folks that went to sleep with doors open in their mind so that emissaries of his can bring terror. And for whatever reason, I was experiencing one of those dreams, paralyzed with fear. But the Spirit of God inside me began to sing. The greater ones in me The greater ones in me, the mighty Holy Spirit is living in me. That's where I got that song while I was asleep. And then I begin to sing. I am not afraid. And when I did, it felt like I grew about 15 feet. And I was looking down on everything that had been trying to scare me, and it was gone. The minute I said, I am not afraid of the evil enemy are all the threats he's made. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the greater one. And I'm telling you, I just, I felt like I was 15 feet tall. I experienced it. And fear was gone. 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 The Lord was teaching me how to resist fear. Give it no place. Fear comes to everybody. This earth is full of it. It's everywhere. 
And it comes. You can't prevent it from coming against you. But you never have to let it in you. Thoughts are coming against your mind. Feelings. And they're real. They're spiritual. And they are real. And they can be strong. But just because you sense them. And the thoughts are there and the feelings there doesn't mean you've lost any battle. It means you're right now in a battle. And what you choose to do is you just resist it. You say, I don't care what I feel. I don't care what that is. No, no, no. Fear, I resist you. I refuse to fear. It'll leave you. And your feelings will immediately begin to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are we talking about this? Because this is the enemy of faith. It's the enemy. The enemy will endeavor to get you to fear instead of have faith in God. It is perverted. The devil is the proudest being we know anything about. He has what we'd call a God complex. He imagines himself to be a God. He's not. He's a defeated, stripped, spoiled, brought to naught, created being. But he's still, he's still, he's fighting right now with those that are with him. He, He imagined he could overcome. He imagined he could be in God's place. And he has no love in him, and no light in him, and no truth in him. So he can't get people to worship him as God out of love, or to honor him out of respect. All he can do is try to motivate people out of fear, to fear him, to fear him. But you and I, have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's dear Son, and the devil has nothing in me. Oh, somebody needs to say it. The devil has nothing in me. Say it again. The devil has nothing. In me, I am nothing to him. He's nothing to me. He's not my Lord. He has no say over my life. And I refuse to fear him. I refuse to fear him or or give him any power in my life. What happens is if you fear him, the moment you yield to fear, you turn loose of faith. And you see that right here. What was going on with them? Jesus is walking on the water. If you're thinking right, what would you do? If you're thinking right, who's ever seen a man walking on the water? This is glory time. Is that right? You jump up in the boat and go, man, you see the master? Look at that. Ooh. Joy, excitement, thrill, but instead, fear. 
That's strange. That's weird. Men don't do that. They say, what kind of man is that? It's a ghost. Ooh. It's a spook. And grown men. And some of them tough. These are, these are fishermen. They're, they're big, strong, tough guys. And they're jello in the boat over this. And so he yells to them, it's me. It's me. Don't be afraid. That means stop it. Stop it. Stop yielding to fear. Now, you tell people that, what will many times they'll respond? Ah. I can't help it. I, I, don't, I can't help it. Lies. 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 You never have to yield to fear. And even though you have already started yielding, you can stop it immediately. You can stop it right now. He expected them to stop fearing. Stop it. Well, they didn't. Except for Peter. Found some courage. And he said, Lord... If that is you, I guess he's not 100% sure yet. <laughs> it's a storm going on. The wind's blowing. The waves are flying. It's dark. And you see something out there. If that's you, call me to come to you. Now, man, if man's traditional religion was writing this, the next verse would say, How dare you, Peter? Worm of a man. Think that you could do what I, the Son of God, can do. Sit down in the boat and be quiet. You're going to come out here and walk on the water. I'm the Son of God. Do not try this at home. <laughs> Unless you want to drown. No, we're laughing, but am I telling the truth that man's religion has tried to portray Jesus, you know, he did these things, but he's the son of God, and, and you're not, and don't ever even imagine what well, Jesus as our sacrifice, our redeem, as our holy lamb is in a category by himself. But what he did in, in life and ministry is not in a category by itself. He did it as an example showing us how to do it, how to live by faith and walk by faith and walk in holy authority. And he said, if you believe on me, what I've done, you will do also. And greater work. Didn't he say it? Didn't he say it? So we see the, we see it perfectly. Uh, illustrated when Peter says, if that's you, what does he say? Come on. Come on. Faith comes by hearing. Before Jesus said come, Peter could not have faith to walk on the water. Could not. But the moment Jesus says come, the anointing on that word caused faith to come up into his heart. Hallelujah. But now let's stop right here. If you stop here, he's got faith from what he's heard, but no miracle is happening. What has to happen next? 
No power will be manifested until this faith is acted upon. The Bible said we walk in the steps of our father Abraham. And the moment, not before, but the moment Peter got up in that rocking wind and wave and reached out and put his foot on the wave, his foot touched power. There was power in between his foot and the water. Hallelujah. This is not a fairy tale. This really happened. And he took another step and he is not in the boat. The boat's rocking and going away. And he is out here and he's looking at Jesus. And Jesus is looking at him. He said, come on, boy. Come on, boy. And he is walking on the water. Amen. Imperfect. We know Peter made plenty of mistakes. Right? Imperfect in knowledge, imperfect in so many things. And yet, here he is. You don't have to know everything or have done everything. All you got to do is step out on the Word. That's all you got to do. And the power will manifest. It is the law of faith. And the law of the power of God, the same power that created the universe. This is amazing. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now we're still talking about measure of faith. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? And immediately after it says he was afraid, what does it say? Because what was holding him up? The power. Why? Because of his faith. The power was manifesting because he was acting in faith on the word. But the moment he began to fear, as fear comes in, faith leaves. Can you see that? Which is why the enemy is, is always trying to put us in fear. The enemy is afraid of the power of God. This is not an exaggeration. He fears it. That's why demons tremble. They fear it. The power of God disrupted hell. The power of God stripped them and brought them to naught. No demon, no evil spirit, no fallen angel wants to tangle with the power of God. And that's why when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan and he came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit came on him in the shape and form as a dove and the anointing came on him. Immediately, the enemy tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Why then? He was the son of God last year. He was, is that right? Right. Why not later? Why then? Because it was only then that the anointing had came, come upon him. Right. Yeah. He's afraid of that anointing. Yeah. If that anointing gets released, it will destroy his yokes. It will rem- things it took him 
generations. Strongholds, it took him generations to build into families and mentalities and cities and places. The anointing can destroy it in a millisecond. It frightens them. So what does he go for? He can't stop the power. But unless the power is mixed with faith, there will be no manifestation of it. No matter how much it is there, there will be no manifestation of the power. So the devil knows what to go after. He goes after the faith. He can't overcome faith. But if he can get you to fear, you turn loose of faith. And so he's safe. No power will be manifested against him. Fear is everywhere in the world. He, he continually tries to bring. Am I telling the truth? He continually tries to bring fear against you, against me. This ain't going to work. You're not going to be able to do this. You won't have this. This is going to fail. I mean, you can be healed a thousand times and symptoms come back. What will the devil come and say? Not going to get it this time. Ain't going to work this time. You've already been healed a thousand times. And if you don't watch it, because it's not natural. Somebody says, well, it's unreasonable. It is unreasonable. It doesn't have to be reasoning. It's real. It's spiritual manifestation. And it can come on you, and unless you resist it, it will persuade you. If you let your mind be weak, you'll just wind up thinking that way. And it's not just because you're dumb. It's because there's a spiritual force pushing pushing against you. We need to be on the alert 24-7 24-7 about fear. I mean, we need, we need to be tra- our senses trained to discern that we can smell fear two blocks away. Come on, y'all with me? We, we, we can smell it. We know what it sounds like. We know what it looks like. We know what it feels like. And the moment we sense any bit of it, we go into resisting mode. We go into faith mode. Is that right? I refuse to fear. Come on, say, I refuse. I refuse to fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I won't fear any. I won't fear at all. None. No. No. Peter's walking on the water. Amazing. He begins to be afraid. Now, just two verses ago, what did Jesus tell him? Don't be afraid. Why? Why would he tell you this? Because this is what can mess everything up. Did he tell people that in other times? Fear not, only believe, and she'll be made whole. Is that right? Why would you say that? Why would he say that? See, people portray Jesus as healing and, and delivering as God. If he is, you would not need to say such things. Would you? You'd just say, stand back. Get out of my way. Right? Why say? They, they, they came, you know, Jairus, and they told him, don't bother the master anymore. She's... She's gone. What do you think happened? 
fear and sorrow. It hit him. Jesus, Jesus knew it. He see, he's seeing it on him. And what does Jesus do? He gets his eyes. He said, look at me, look at me. Fear not. Believe only. And she'll live. <laughs> Why say that? Because even though it is Jesus there, fear can mess all this up. If not, he wouldn't have said it. Would have been no need to say it. Now, religion does not believe that. But why say it? If you get into fear, no matter what was working for you, it stops. Am I, am I making this up? Was the power of God working under Peter's feet? And did it stop? When did it stop? Was it the will of God for it to stop? Did Jesus say, that's enough, that's enough? No. When did it stop? The moment he began yielding to fear. And this is how we identify our measure of faith. What's my measure of faith? What was Peter's measure of faith this day or this night? When he turned and looked to the wind and waves, he found his measure of faith. And it was short that night. Because hmm? stronger faith would have ignored it. Stronger faith would have kept on doing what you did when you got out of the boat. It's not just faith to get started, but it's through faith and perseverance and patience that we inherit the promises. It's not just believing God like a house of fire for three days. You've got to believe God until, until, right? You've got to keep on keeping on. And, and, and you can be tempted to get weary. I know I was believing for something. This has been some 25 years ago or so I, I was believing for a thing, had released my faith on it, and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. Months went by, didn't happen. A year went by, didn't happen. A year and a half went by, didn't happen. And Phyllis and I were going out to uh, eat at a little restaurant there in Tulsa. And I told her, I'm going to go in here and wash my hands. And I went to the, uh, the, the enemy had been bugging me for days. Bringing thoughts to me, it's not working. That's not working. You just missed it. Here, it's been a year and a half. You're further from it than you were a year and a half ago. You, you missed it. This, this is not happening. This is not happening. And, I didn't, you know, I, I hadn't really acknowledged it yet, but these thoughts, oh, he's so sly, he's so crafty. These thoughts had come across me, and I hadn't even realized it was him. I went in there and I'm washing my hands. Came across my mind again. This is, that's never going to happen. You're just dreaming. You're further from that than you were a year and a half ago. The Spirit of God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He spoke up in me and he said, if it's not working, why is he bothering you about it? 
Why? Why would he be? Why would he care? It's not like he cares about me and he wants to comfort me. <laughs> Why? Why? And I saw it in the flash. It is working. It's working powerfully well. It's working so strong until he's making the last uh, uh, attempt on me. If he can't get me to back off, it's going to break through right now. He, he, he can't do anything about it. And that's when I got another song. Stand over the sink. Washing my hands. Hold on. Hold on. Keep believing. Be strong. Because in a little while it's going to be all right. Hold on. Hold on. And it won't. Be too long until your faith gonna turn into sight. And so I was boogieing the rest of the day. I just, hold on, hold on. I did that the rest of the day. And in a few days, it happened. Hallelujah! Largest offering we'd ever received. Glory to God! But how many times, we don't, don't hold up your hand, but how many times instead of it going that way, silently, nobody knew, but silently people just gave up and stopped believing and believed the fear and the lies and it never happened. When you yield to fear... Any power that was manifesting because of faith stops. Did it happen right here? It stopped. And because that was what was holding him up. I said, that's what what was holding him up. I said, that was what was holding him up. He started sinking. Hallelujah. We can't throw any stones at him. All of us have been there. But what did he find? He found the measure. Where's the measure of your faith? How can you tell when you've, you've reached for today the limits of where my faith is? It's where you start fearing. It's where you start fearing. And it's where you start fainting. Fearing and fainting. Is that one of the two things? No. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, what if that's been the case? And and, uh, I've yielded to fear. I've yielded to fear. What can be done? Well, cut off. Everything that feeds fear. It might be the news. It might be pouring over the, your condition. You don't need to know all the Latin names. of your Come on, are you with me? 
Quit talking about the symptoms. Quit doing. You got to tune tune out, change channels off of that which is feeding you fear, and get onto that which feeds your faith. And, and, and notice, there are messages in all of our lives that are landmarks. Uh, you, you, you feel like, man, that was just for me. That was just for me. It just ministered to me so powerfully. Well, don't let that get away, even if it was 20 years ago. In a time when you need a boost, go get that again. Uh, because God used it especially to minister to you. It is anointed to edify you. To build you up. And those things that just, I mean, as we say, that blessed your socks off. I mean, it, just, it really ministered to you. Start you a library of those. You might not keep the whole thing, but get that message and put it in your special advanced weaponry. Come on, are you with me? Corner, and when you need a boost, pull it out. Discipline yourself to not talk about the problem. Cut off that which feeds fear. Input that which feeds faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And before long your confidence will come up and you'll start stepping out. And when you do, the power will start manifesting again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this time you can go further instead of fearing the measure. Your measure of faith has increased. Hallelujah. You are stronger in faith than you were then. There are many that years back the enemy tempted you and tricked you and you were making progress and you yielded to fear and it stopped and it ceased. And you were disappointed and you were discouraged. And go guangzan in manjong fine and kaangstenji. And many have thought they just left it alone. I can't do that. That's not for me. But osh wanyin kumpanse. But now is a different time. And you are in a different place. And your faith is in a different measure. So pick it up and step out of the boat again. And you will see the power as it was before and much greater still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I lift your hands. Oh, Lord, we worship you. 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 Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is doing great things. Great things in our hearts. Great things in our hearts. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Said out loud, my faith is growing. Exceedingly. Exceedingly. <laughs> yeah, <amen. laughs> My, faith My faith is growing, is growing. Exceedingly. 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 Hallelujah. The stronger the faith, the less you yield to fear. The stronger the faith, the less you worry. Worry is fear. Dread is fear. Tension is fear. It's all fear. Whether it's a mild tension 
slightly dreading doing something or a full-blown paralyzed panic attack. It's the same spirit of fear. Different degrees. You and I, to us, fear is spiritual contraband. We are not to have any of it on our person at any time. And the Lord never told us, try not to fear. He commanded us, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Do you know what you'd feel like and look like in your home if there was zero fear? Zero fear on the job. You're never afraid of losing your job. You're never afraid of not making quota. You're never afraid of not making a sale. You're never afraid of catching this or that flu. You're never afraid of getting hurt or being in an accident. You're just never afraid. At all. You're not afraid people won't receive you. You're not afraid people won't like you. You're just not. Amen. Amen. I had a guy follow me down the hall one time, yelling, I don't like you. I don't believe what you said. I don't like I stopped and said, You just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. I think that made him madder than ever. But you know, Brother Lester Summerall said this one time, I thought it was wonderful. He bellowed like he did sometimes. He said, Other people's heads. There's no place for me to look for my happiness. <laughs> Other people's heads. <laughs> so, don't go there. Don't look there. They don't like me. Well, some people do. <laughs> they didn't receive that word. Some people did. Right? They didn't receive everything Paul preached. Thousands left Jesus' meetings because they didn't like his eat my flesh, drink my blood message. You remember that? And, and they, they said, take our name off of the... Uh... They did. They, they didn't come back. They quit. They... Off the mail list. That, that was it. <laughs> There's so much insecurity, which is fear. It's just fear. It's just fear. And any time we're yielding to fear, there is no accessing the grace or the power which we need so much to make the difference. Faith accesses the grace, the power. Can you say amen? Amen. Said out loud again, I refuse to fear. And my faith is growing exceedingly. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Just lift up your hands. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My faith is growing exceedingly. 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 I refuse to fear. 
I refuse to fear. What is that? I'm not afraid I might not be healed. I might not get my healing. I might, we might not get the money. We might not be able to finish the project. We might, I refuse. I, re, I won't entertain the idea. How about you? No fear here. It's banned. <laughs> fear is not allowed. We'll endeavor to comfort you. We'll help you. We will not yield to fear with you. With you. We won't. Now, did you hear what we said? Because people will be upset with you. Relatives and friends can get very upset with you if you don't yield to the same fear and be upset like they're being upset. They think it means you don't care. Here I am dying over here. You can't shed one tear. This is serious. Yeah, serious unbelief. <laughs> but there's a cure. It's overcomable. Hallelujah. We care, but we're not going to yield to fear with you. People, people start taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. And they want you to go, ah. Don't, you, don't do it ever. I don't care if it's your baby, your child, your grandchild. Are you listening to me? Do, I mean, you, do you care about them? Then you want the power of God on the case. Is that right? The only way you're going to get the power of God is with your faith. And if I'm yielding to fear, it's not going to be there. Even if we started out getting some results, if we yield into fear, it's going to stop. Fear is dangerous. It's, it's deadly to us. We, we cannot. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Cannot have anything to do with it. Go to John, please, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Now, if you've yielded to fear all your life, as a child, it was your your home was full of fear, and you're used to it. You grew up in that. And it's around you on the job. It's around, you know, in your building where you live or in the streets where you drive. It takes some renewing of mind. And it takes some diligence. to You catch yourself thinking about it or yielding to the feeling again. you got to get a, get a hold of yourself. And, and if you need to, 50 times a day, you bring yourself back and you go, no, no, no. I refuse to fear. And speak to it. Fear, talk to it. Fear, Fear. I resist you. I resist you. Leave me. Leave. You need to say that sometimes, and mean it, and uh, just give it no place. That's the good fight of faith. Staying in faith, refusing to fear. The measure of our faith is how long we can maintain the confidence without yielding to the fear and to the worry. But in, in John, the second chapter, two things. <laughs> but we're only going to talk about one of them tonight. <laughs> and just we're going to introduce that. Can you come back? Can you come back? Fear not. 
Sure hope we get it. Well, fear not. John, the second chapter. The first miracle in Jesus' ministry. Do you remember what it was? It was the manifesting of power that caused the water to change and turn into wine. Hallelujah. John 2, chapter 2, uh, they sent word to him that uh, they had run out of wine, they have no wine. And Jesus said, woman, what's that to me and you? Very significant phrase. He's not being disrespectful to her, and he's not being uncaring. He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see him do. you got to watch about trying to use your faith in other people's lives, in other people's business. Unless they give you place, and, un, and unless the Lord says something to you about this, you'll just be mouthing words and rebuking and binding to no effect and praying empty prayers. And, and now we talked about that last night. That's why some people have become disillusioned because they, they wouldn't say it, but they feel like I tried that faith stuff and I did it and it, it didn't work. Well, no. What they were doing was not faith. But they didn't understand it enough to, to realize it. We don't have authority in everybody's business, in everybody's life. I, I know uh, when I first started in the ministry, I had focused on that I am a servant to the, the people. And without understanding it, I, I thought, well, basically anything that anybody asks me to do as a minister, I'm supposed to do. If they want me to counsel with them, or they want me to pray, or if they want me to visit, that, I'm a minister. That's my job. If somebody asks you to do it, you're supposed to do it. So I tried to do it and, and got completely worn out. And I found myself one time I was, uh, I was supposed to speak in a couple of hours, and this guy had been talking nonstop. Wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. And I looked, I said, I'm sorry, I, I got to go. And I was worn out with a head full of his junk. And I realized I'm not in shape to minister to these people properly. I have let the devil trick me. I should have been resting. And, and, and I didn't help him. He wasn't even listening to anything I had to say. So me giving him that time and letting him fill my ear with this junk, I missed it here somewhere. Lord, I, I need to make a change here. And uh, tied right into this, I went to, to the hospital to, to visit a man. And I walked in there and he said, uh, who are you? What are you doing in here? I said, uh, I'm, I'm Keith Moore. I'm a minister. Your, uh, was it his sister or whoever, asked me to come by and and see you and, and pray with you. He said, I don't believe in all that junk. He cussed. He said, I didn't ask you to be here. And so I left. And as I'm walking down the hall, the Lord brought to my remembrance. Is any sick among you? Let him call. 
for the elders of the church. Let him what? Call. Why? There's spiritual things involved here. If he doesn't have enough respect to ask and give you place, you can't just waltz in there with your measure of faith and impose something on somebody they don't even believe in. And you can pray all you want to and rebuke and bind and and do everything and nothing's going to happen. If we could use our faith to impose God's will on people, we'd make them all get born again. Is that right? That'd be the thing to do. But God won't and we can't. And trying to use faith principles to do these things shows ignorance of faith. And these so-called things that people have prayed and done and didn't work. And they thought, well, I, that stuff don't work. Well, what you were doing didn't work. But it's not faith. It never was faith. It wasn't faith. Real faith works. That's one of the ways you can tell real faith. Something happened. It works. I said it works. Glory to God. And you will not be able to replace it with anything else. You cannot replace faith with anything else. Without it, it is impossible to please God. So when he says, woman, what's that to me and you? That's a lesson for us. Unless the Lord speaks to us about it, there's a lot of things in this world that are nothing to us. It's nothing to us. Doesn't mean we don't care. But if you don't have access, if you if there's no respect there, if if there's no place been given, you can't just go in and straighten it up. Let him call for the elders of the church. That shows respect. You wouldn't call, you wouldn't ask if you didn't believe something could happen. You wouldn't ask them to come unless you believe they could pray a prayer of faith and God could use them. Right? Can you see all this? There's faith here. And with that, you have a, you have a place. But obviously, you know, Jesus' mother then turned when he said, what's that to me and you? She just turned to the servants and said, well, verse 5. What would she say? Come out, somebody help me out. His mother turned and said to the servants, Whatsoever he says to you, do it. These are the two things. The two things. Number one, whatsoever he says to you. Number two, do it. Don't think you already know this. Don't think you've already got all of this. What's number one? Whatever he says to you, then what? Number two. Do it. Do it. How does faith come? But that's not the end. Faith comes by hearing the anointed word of the Christ. But faith is released by action. By doing. Speaking is doing. And any number of other actions the Lord would direct you to do. 
I mean, he said, think about the miracles in Jesus' uh, life. Rise. Take up your bed. Stretch forth your hand. Is that right? Be opened. I mean, again and again, he told somebody to do something. They acted. They couldn't have faith until they heard him, just like Peter, when he said, come. But what did Peter have to do after he said, come? He had to do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And we talked about why many so-called faith people have had failures. And two of the biggest reasons in my small experience, and I believe the Lord's quickening of these two things this week, why this has been so. Passiveness and presumption. Passiveness, failure to act. And presumption, acting without word. People have learned faith principles. But you cannot successfully separate living and walking and operating by faith from being led by the Spirit. It's a relationship thing. Are y'all with me? I'm talking to faith people. Is that right? This is my bunch. But there are people who heard and saw Brother Hagin's faith, Brother Oral Roberts' faith, other people's faith, and then heard the teaching, and they learned faith principles, but did not grasp the spirit of faith. And then even their children have come up watching them, and they can quote Romans 10, 17, and Mark 11, 23, and 24, but they don't understand the spirit of faith. They're not walking in a living relationship with Him, doing these things. They're trying to use my faith to do what I need done. And it is a faith in my faith. I'm going to believe this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to keep believing it and saying it and stay with it until it happens. It's a faith principle, but it's not where faith begins. Tell me what's number one. Whatever he said. If you skip that part. If you skip that part, you can confess and confess and confess and confess and not accomplish anything. That's true. Y'all with me, saints? Yes, sir. Nothing's wrong with faith. Nothing's wrong with God. Hmm? This is this is happens it has happened in every generation. There will be a move of God. Something will be restored to the body of Christ, to the church. And the first people that experienced it and got it by revelation know the spirit of it. But many coming up after them only know the technical side of it. They, They know the principles of it. They can quote the principles, but they don't know the spirit. And so it doesn't work. Read it with me again. 
His mother said what to the servants? Whatever he says to you, do it. And I said, I believe the reason why many have experienced difficulties and, and failures, not seen what they wanted to see, passiveness, think they're waiting on God. And then presumption, trying to use faith in a way, in a place the Lord didn't tell them to. Say it out loud, passiveness, passiveness. And, presumption. and presumption. Pray it out loud, say, Lord, show me. Open my eyes, my heart, my understanding to discern passiveness and to discern presumption that I not do these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We had a, a testimony. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you, you might remember it. Phyllis read. Help, help me out if I, I need some details here, Phyllis. Was it a lady? that said she had been in the faith things for 20 years and was for the last, I don't know how many years, had gotten so discouraged that she had decided she's quitting. She's quitting church. She's quitting God. And she was scared because she thought if she did, she might never get back. And uh, she just so discouraged. She's prayed and she's prayed and she's confessed and confessed and she's done these five steps and done these seven steps and done these nine things and and was in this conference and that conference. And year after year and not seeing the victory in this area, not seeing the results in this area. But help me out, Phyllis, what were her exact words? Remember what she said about where her breakthrough came. She started seeing the steps that were being taken instead of doing something. That's right, that's right. She, she saw where she didn't have the word to do something. She was trying to believe from here to here, and she only had the word to start here. She was, she was trying to believe for some big things. But she's trying to, uh, to just believe from here for this to happen, to just come on her from there to here. And the Lord directed us to our ministry. We were talking about taking a step of faith. So she's waiting and calling herself believing and waiting and supposedly believing for it to happen, for it to happen, to just, to just soar from here to there. And the Lord had been dealing with her, take this step. But it looks small and it's not there where you want to be. Passiveness. Everybody say passiveness. Just waiting, 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 waiting. It's just like this. In Jesus' name, I claim to be up there. I sow seed for up there. I believe I receive up there. I see myself up there. <laughs> I'm not moved by what I see. I see myself up there. I call myself up there. I call those things that be not as though they were. 
I know it looks humorous. Many people are doing that. But their measure of faith is not there. They have next step measure of faith. They don't have up their faith right now. And the way you get there is by exercising the faith you have right now. So people are, they're comparing themselves with other folks. You know, like we talked about earlier, Brother Hagin's anointing. He didn't start off in that. But people will look at where folks are now and they go, well, man, I, I ain't even in the same state with that. I'm going to believe to get there. I'm going to believe to get there. I'm going to believe to get there. And just passively keep saying and saying and trying to claim and trying to do. And the Lord knows where your faith is. Is that right? And the Spirit of God will lead you in line with where your and my faith is today. And don't despise the day of small beginnings. If you don't start where you are, you will stay where you are. And people are not enjoying life like they should because they're here. And then months pass and years pass and they're getting older. And they thought for sure I'd be up here by now. Lord, why am I not up there? I know your word is true. And so they begin to get discouraged. This woman for 20 years. And she got to Revelation. I believe I receive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait till you get to the top of the ladder to have a party. You can have a party on every step. I said you can have a party on every step. You could just, okay, look, look where I used to be. I used to be down there, but now I'm up here. You're only eight inches higher. Shut up. I'm eight inches higher than I was yesterday. I'm having an eight-inch party today. Hallelujah. I've come up almost a foot. Hallelujah. I've come up almost a foot. And keep feeding my faith and enjoying and glory to God. Believe to receive. Somebody say steps, 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 steps. God's friend, Abraham, did not go from nothing to having faith to offer up his only son and believe for resurrection. It started with leave home and I'll show you where to go. He took that step. Then he took the next. Then he took the next. Years. Everybody say years. Years. Years went by. And he just kept taking steps until God got him to the place where he, he unbeknownst to him, I don't think at the time, he's believing for the resurrection of Jesus. Covenant. And God said, my, my covenant man did it for me. He has a right to do it for us. Hallelujah. Gave us his only begotten son and believe for resurrection. 
Glory to God. Somebody say steps, 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 steps. Don't despise, don't despise a small step. In healing school, there was a lady that they brought. She had crippling arthritis. And when I say crippling, I mean completely incapacitated. Her legs, her hands, her arms were completely drawn in until she could do nothing for herself. They picked her up and put her in the chair. They brought her to the healings class. They picked her up, put her in another chair. She couldn't, she couldn't lift a hand. She couldn't give herself a drink of water. Nothing, nothing. She was there with us for a couple of weeks. And I just sensed in my spirit, we're not making progress like we should. And I pray, what, what do we do? What do we do? And the Lord dealt with me about steps. Steps. And uh, I, uh, I, I talked to her on the side after the service. I said, uh, what are you believing for? She said, I'm believing to come out of this chair and walk. Well, that's up there. How's it going to happen? Is that the will of God? Absolutely. Is God's power able to do that? Easily. But we don't receive according to God's perfect will. And we don't receive according to what He can do. We receive according to our measure of faith. Where we are right now. That's how we receive. And I, I perceived... Do you remember uh, the Bible said in, in, in Acts, Paul perceived that the man had faith? I perceived her faith is not remotely there. She's trying to do just what we're talking about, jump from here to there. And uh, I, uh, I said to her, Let, let's believe for something smaller. She said, huh? I said, I'm not saying we're not going to believe for that. But let's believe for something smaller. Let's believe to be able. Well, no, excuse me. I didn't tell her. I said, you tell me. You tell me. And I mean, it just came out of her spirit. She said, I want to make my own bed. It came out of her spirit. I said, that's it. That's it. That's it. I will agree with you. Greater ones inside of you. And we prayed. We believed. We received. I, I saw a sparkle in her eye. I hadn't seen it before. I heard some, some, some ex expectation, excitement in her voice. Next day she came back. She said, she said, guess what? Guess what? She said, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> but she said, I made it. I pulled it. I did this. I did that. We had a first step party. We, oh, come on, are you with me? We, we shouted. We said, glory to God. I said, you did it. She said, I did. I, I kind of shuffled it and I kind of moved it. And then I pulled it. She said, I hadn't done it. In, and I she told me, how long? She said, I, I, people do everything. I said, glory to God. You know, what's, you know what's going on? I said, healing's working in you. This thing's coming off. I said, what are we going to do now? She says, I want to go to the bathroom by myself. <laughs> Two or three days later, she told me she, she slid off the bed, 
She crawled. We had to go to the bathroom by yourself party. We had a party. We said, hey, hey. Everybody say steps, 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 steps. Days are passing. Weeks are passing. She was able to just stay. And uh, within, I don't know, two or three weeks, she was able to shuffle into the kitchen by herself. Within two months' time, she's walking around the block under her own power. Hallelujah! Under her own power, walking night. She, she finally got to where she wanted to walk around the bedroom. Then she walked around the house. Then she walked around the block. I mean, when she came in, she's, she can't even move. She's in a wheelchair. Can't even move. Someone say steps, 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 steps. People have tried to believe beyond where their faith was at. They're looking at somebody else, listening to something, or just trying to do it in all one fell swoop and not listening to the Lord. The Lord's going to lead you according to where your faith is. He's going to show you the next step to take. Can you say amen? amen? Passiveness has been why many have not received. They're confessing, confessing, but they're not taking any steps, not doing the things because some of them are very small. And they don't seem significant, but they're very significant. Because it's going to lead to something else, and it's going to lead to something else, and it's going to lead to something else. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody in here that has any church of any size, any ministry of any size, anything God's doing of any size, you can go back to where you took a step. Am I telling the truth? You took, you, the Lord dealt with you, go to a meeting. You went to that meeting. Sow a seed. You sowed that seed. Preach to these five people. Come on, are you with me? And you just kept taking steps until now. Hallelujah. You're up on a table land. <laughs> Hallelujah. On a higher plane. You didn't get there in one step or ten. You didn't get there in three days. But you kept taking steps of faith. And you kept getting closer and higher and closer and higher. Hallelujah. Faith without works is dead. 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 There's got to be a step taken. There's got to be that done that the Lord said do. Whatever he says to you, do it. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.